Today I'll be speaking with two of the core members from a group out of Lisbon called Mina. I'll be speaking with Violet and Madam. So listen up.
I am with Enos, who's also known as Violet, and Pedro, who's known as Madam. Are you both from Lisbon or just from Portugal or? I'm from the south of Portugal, from uh, the Lole, a small town. And I'm from half from Lisbon, half from the Azores, this uh, archipelago in the middle of the Atlantic. Lisbon still living there, and and how long yeah. ago? How long ago was Mina born? It's we're almost celebrating two years. It's gonna be two years in March. Just like to understand a little bit what the nightlife was like. I guess, leading up to the moment where you guys started. Can you kind of paint a little picture of what it was like in Lisbon? I was in part not here, but Pedro was running the, the rabbit hole parties already, so he can talk a bit about that. And then when I came back, I got to know Pedro at Quantica, the radio station I helped found and run, with photons as well. And Pedro was running these amazing parties with uh, Rabbit Hole. He can tell you a bit more about that. And that's how I met him, basically, at the radio. And then I kind of invited myself to play it. I have to play. <laughs> I'm assuming you said yes to her when she said, can I play at your party? Uh, of course. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, it was quite a coincidence because I was just visiting. Um, and Varela did is like this key figure in the nightlife of Lisbon. He, he was person, the face of looks, he was always at the door, he invited me to participate in his radio show at Quantica, and he was just right after uh, Quantica had the, the studio, so it still smelled like fresh. And, and then Inez and Marco were there working, and I was just like doing the interview with Varela, and, and I got to know them, and it was like, oh, we have so many things in common, and we realized that we shared sort of like a vision and certain a certain direction, and also some anxieties regarding Lisbon's nightlife, and then they ended up playing um, at this event that I was organizing at Rabbit Hole, were called, uh, funny enough, uh, Bargain, because it was like really uh, cheap techno <laughs> events. Uh, so it would be like two euros, 99 cents. And it went really well when both of them played. They played in different nights. And then shortly after we, we had a conversation and there was this idea of like starting something new. And that's sort of how Nina was born. So the initial idea wasn't, it wasn't hinging on a specific venue, right? It was more like a creating a community or... So we were already uh, doing events at this venue, that it was this sort of dusty old brothel where Rabbit Hole was doing this event. Okay. And it was perfect for us because they didn't have a lot of, of the limitations that most venues have in Lisbon. Mm. So they would allow us to go until very little door controls. Mm. Uh, we just needed to have security um, that was hired by us. And the guys running this space had pretty much nothing to lose because I think the, the venue was quite broke. And so we, we kind of like slowly shaped the rules uh, of that space. So we also demanded to have like the dark rooms and to, to have uh, non-gender toilets. And this was how everything came into place to create this, yeah, what would end up being Mina. The community was sort of like the merging of this different families. Violet and, and Photons coming from Quantica and already all the, the people that they knew from Lisbon and also through the radio. And I had this community of people from Rabbit Hole who were mostly like performers or just uh, uh, queer people, drag queens, uh, drag kings, uh, people that like to party. There was not much of a, a raver scene but I think that was a bit what we wanted to do. That space allowed us to do sort of like a small rave. It was not a very big space, but since it allowed us to go for long and to have policies that were inexistent in Lisbon, to have a lot of smoke and strobes and to, to play as loud as we wanted, that's how kind of everything came together. They like raving and stuff, but not in the format that we do. So it's very like bro-oriented raving and just like yeah. some bros on drugs on a club. Whereas we, we wanted to do something different and that, that's why we connected so quickly. It was like just talking about, like people were saying, our frustrations and how we didn't feel comfortable 
in most nights in Lisbon, although we could like music every now and then, but it's not just about the music and the rest wasn't really making sense for us. Uh, whereas Pedro had like a different and better, I guess, experience from Berlin and Marco and I from London, where we used to play queer parties and venues a lot, like Dawson Superstore. Uh, so we all had this like desire to change Lisbon in that in that sense. I feel like for a lot of people in Lisbon, and this is something that people usually tell us, it's like that they didn't even know that it was possible to party like this. Or for a lot of queer people, all they knew were a nightlife that is mostly dominated by a very preppy, bro, straight scene, which of course doesn't come across as liberating for many of us. Violet was saying the fact that we had experiences coming from London or Berlin we knew that it was possible and, and we, we wanted to bring this to a city that we love and we care for that scene, even though there's it's a very small scene, but we knew that there was a desire, even if it was just we wanted to have it in Lisbon. And yeah. so I think this was the fuel for us. Did you feel like you had to really convince others? When I invited Violet and Marco, all these artists that we were working with already had sort of a following. There was just not the space to create or to even think a party like this. Mm. And we already had people coming to our events. From the very beginning, we had people coming yeah. to Nina. The thing is, by suggesting, we gave a nudge. By proposing these ideas, people really went along really fast. And all of a sudden, people couldn't even like think to, how to party without them. You know, It's like this initiated a debate that was still like in a very embryonary state in, in Lisbon. But I feel like there was already a, a craving and people were definitely... People were ready. They like just that. needed like that exactly. kickoff. They needed the kickoff. Exactly. We for them and we kind of merged two worlds with the underground dance music with the queer world, you know, which wasn't really being uh, merged there were like more campy queer parties and stuff, exactly. or a very bro-y, like underground music. So we kind of put all these two worlds together, and both the like open-minded ravers, even if they were like bros, like nice bros, and the queer community, they so like the best of both worlds really came together. Mm -hmm. So we have like a good mix of just people that have, you know, the same kind of mentality and ideas that we have, and creating was space, just, space for everyone in a way like I mean safer than anything we'd experience in Lisbon for sure. Would you say there are like a few like core principles that like just define Mina? One thing that was really essential was the non-gender toilets especially like among my community of friends was such a violence like that everyone had to face on a regular basis going to a club when you have trans people going to the toilet, our experience is that these spaces are controlled and to have like your gender policed in a space where you're going to be maybe vulnerable or you're just wanting to have fun and you end up like having the worst kind of experience uh, in nightlife, people just rather stay at home. So for us, it was essential to have a space that would allow us to have non-gender toilets. This seems to be an easy thing, but a lot of spaces are not willing to to actually allow this to happen. Yeah, actually in Portugal yes. it's kind of illegal, which is so stupid. That's the, that's the country that exactly. we have. Another foundation was to have a door selection. Also, uh, we have some bad experiences in some events of rabbit hole, of having groups of people that were definitely undesirable and violent towards our community. Uh, so we wanted to have a certain control. A lot of people might think these days that we have a lot of people wanting to come to the event. At the very base of this need is the need of actually keeping that that space safe. Don't only make it safer with the door policy, but like inside the rave, we have yeah. like uh, lots of little care for the ravers and a raver's corner with all sorts of things from bananas to condoms to loo. We have a dark room. We have information about the dark room, how to manage like, the logistics of it. 
And just like, you know, disclaimers about harassment and wording and stuff. So we kind of really set the tone for a space that is dedicated primarily to marginalized groups that would otherwise feel really unsafe in Lisbon. For us coming from Berlin or London, these things seem almost like taken for granted in some yeah, spaces. Yeah, exactly. But, but in Lisbon, this did not exist at all. Even at like all. Clubs that are populated by a lot of queer people have no, no uh, intention of like changing their policies and they don't address any issues regarding drugs. And for us, this was completely essential, basic and essential to have. And the fact that we were outspoken about it, because a lot of parties rather just like stay as apolitical or as they don't want to like make waves. And in our case, it was quite the opposite. We wanted like to say, hey, there's like sexual harassment or there's like sex and, and there is situations of risk. Yeah, so and we want, we want to kind of acknowledge that they exist other than just like turn a blind eye. And this is what happens in a lot of clubs. If someone is, is drunk or high, they are just like probably expelled from the club. And this is like, this is not safe. This is not looking after someone that needs or I remember like going to some clubs and you just ask for a glass of water and people reject or you're not expected to have water for free into our community and this plays not only in how the party was built but also curation or the language or even like the thought that is put into the text or design or all the our lineups well like exactly that's a major point in also what we do. So also to have the artists that we give a platform to. As Inez is saying, like the lineup, the fact that we also invite people that might also be in tune with some of these ideals.
is the core crew in terms of um, music? Like, are, is it a handful of DJs or DJs yeah. and producers? DJs and producers. Some just DJs, some both. But yeah, it's six of us. So it's uh, uh, Maroon, yeah. Photons, me, Violet, uh, and Viegas was part of the initial founding core as well. And then Blades and Ketya. You've done some collaborations with other crews. When when did that start? Like it was really natural, wasn't it? Because it was crews that we hung out and kept in touch with already. We never did it with like a crew that we got in touch on purpose, have we, Pedro? I mean, we wanna. We've only done it really naturally. With our <laughs> close friends. Exactly. We never hit up anyone it's that we didn't know yet. It always kind of like happened. For example, the very first one that we've done. And- they was maybe Room for Resistance yeah. as really like a crew that we collaborated with and like Violet had already played for them and it, it went really well and I was living in Berlin. Lekan the yeah. same because like the founders of Lekan are super close to Pedro and they hang out along Berlin stuff. So yeah. the, the Lekan collaboration that just happened right that was was that a New Year's party? Actually we had to collaborate so our idea is like to have, we invite them and they invite us. So with Room for Resistance, we played here in Berlin with them. Um, and now we're planning to invite them to Lisbon throughout 2019. Great. And uh, with Lekin, they came for our boiler room and they were actually hosting it. And uh, and then for the year going event. So we had like two dance floors. Each party would invite an artist to join the bill. Um, I'm glad you just mentioned Boiler Room because I wanted to actually talk to you about that. What was that experience like? It was great! So it was a Boiler Room but with a really nice crowd and only the, obviously only the people that wanted to be on camera were or came because it was before the actual party. Boiler Room was really nice, I feel like. They were like just open to do whatever we wanted. It wasn't like a branded Boiler Room, so there were no like interests vested in it. It was just about documenting what we would allow them to. In terms of sound, I thought it was really interesting that um, the different artists, and they're all like, MENA residents, so um, I can assume this about MENA, that the sound varies so much. You know, it's not like sometimes I, I find that there are crews that all aspire to sound similarly so that it, you know, for whatever reason it sounds cohesive, yeah. but there was a cohesion that existed almost in the vibe and the energy rather than the sound necessarily. And I thought that, um, yeah, we, we come from all from so like from very different places. Yeah. How it, why it results like, uh, Marco and Inesh coming from London. So like, DJing for already several years and then other people that are just like just starting uh i've been living abroad so we all have very different sets of inspirations what unifies us is definitely as, as you were saying a, a desire to like be together and to organize a party that that shares like a, a vibe and, and and certain ideologies the sound is is it's constantly I feel like even each of us is like constantly evolving anyway, but I guess we could all futuristic, sci-fi, ravey, whatever. These are all like ideas that inspire the sound that we bring to Mina. Because like if you would like maybe if you invite me to play at Mina or you invite me to play like at another club or another party, I, I'll maybe do a different set. And I feel like that's also true for the other for the other residents in a way there's like something that we we kind of try to bring which is like i don't know that it works for dancing that it works in a in a rave atmosphere that but that it's but not in a way that it's samey so we're all kind of like into our own scene and looking for like fresh new sounds and stuff i think you're right there's not like we're not trying to sound like each other that's that's for sure i think like also our sound as evolved also with the venues that we've been inhabiting and this is also yeah, something that for, for us is also very like key that's super interesting so so mina's it has ro- it has roamed right it's it hasn't stayed in the same spot yeah the spot that uh, pedro was mentioning earlier was for the first like year and a half or a year a year sort of yeah. yeah and then we've lost it for 
yeah, the, the space was closed because, I mean, we don't know, we, but we've heard only speculations that it's going to become a gin bar. So in a way, like we were... Oh my God. Of all things, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were completely devastated because I mean, it was definitely becoming too small for us. It had like a out of together in the center of the city, which is also something that is was at the time important because a lot of people from our community sometimes don't feel like comfortable just like to go to anywhere in the city for obvious reasons. And that space was like quite isolated, but in but still in the center of the city. And it was it allowed us like to have the space really dark, to have a lot of like strobe lights. We had a funny backstage that was completely chaotic. So it really became part of our genetics. And then yeah. the next place was closed because, yeah, the city of Lisbon is changing as a very, at a very fast pace. And this is something that we're also very outspoken, how difficult it is to find a space for parties like this to happen. There's very little, very little interest in offering or renting a space to a crowd like this, to a vibe like ours. And uh, yeah, we moved then to another space, and we had a problem with the one of the security that that expelled some people from the toilet, and uh, they were also not very friendly for queer people. Mm-hmm. And we were kind of like at a loss for a while, and and now we found like a, a warehouse kind of in the outskirts of the city next to the, next to the airport the first time, and it went really well, and it was perfect also because it allowed us to have a second dance floor. And this also yeah, this is also going to play in the multiplication of sounds that the party has. Because with one more space and being outside, we can like explore different things, I guess. But more when the weather is better. So from like ambient to concerts to even like more summery sounds. Uh, it really depends. So it's nice because it broadens also the spectrum of artists we're working with and stuff. It's still like really kinky and nice inside, like it was at our first venue. Mm-hmm. But now we have this whole other phase that we can explore for also for so many hours. Because in this venue we can run a party for a lot longer, six to seven hours, and now it's like ten to twelve. Well. <laughs> doesn't it really? It really changes the whole thing, doesn't it? Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Also, as our community is growing, we we definitely needed more space, and a lot of the times we would. Be, I was just saying that also we we crave like more loungy areas because there's definitely like a ravey space, but uh, with so many hours of party, yeah, we needed like a loungy area. Dark room has grown, and it also allowed allows us to invite. Other artists, we have now a person that is doing tattoos during the, the event oh, cool. and that requires space. Also, since we have more people, we need to have like a, an area where people can rest and eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have a harm reduction team and they have their own corner where people can just like chill out and calm down a little if they're feeling like a bit off their capacities to handle yeah. the party. So it really opens new possibilities and it's exciting. The venue is, it has like a, a, an indoor space where we have like the, uh, one of the dance floors and the bar and the toilets and in the dark room and a lounge and the raver scare corner. And then outdoors, we're under the sky and in the very first event we had like really nice ambient experimental sets. Uh, and then as the morning approaches, the planes start landing and they kind of like pass above us and everyone just like starts applauding and, <laughs> and throwing their hands in the air. It's like, it's really... Airplanes flying really low and really loud just above us. I mean, it's really fast, so it doesn't really like disturb the, the, the set, but it definitely adds like something to, to the, the... It creates a moment <laughs> in the party. So if you're playing outside and all of a sudden a plane just passes on top of you and everyone starts like smiling and, and applauding it's like it's it's really funny it also says a lot of about what's happening in Lisbon somehow the fact that we had to push ourselves as far in the outskirts like an airport that that's the only place we can ha- inhabit at this point because really it's really difficult like for us now to 
have our our, our events in the center. Yeah, so, it's in an industrial area as well because noise complaints are just like above the the roof because mainly there's so many tourists in the center and they all have like just different standards to the locals so really push to so it's it's kind of really handy because it's an industrial area so there's like yeah. no one that could but at the same time it's also not not so accessible it's quite saying that like we we can only coexist noise laws in the in Lisbon have, have become so strict that it's actually very difficult to organize parties with loud music. So for us, it was, yeah, that, that seemed like the most feasible and interesting solution is to be next to planes. There's nothing louder than, than planes. Us and the planes. Uh, I was just saying that for a lot of people, this is also quite a, a novelty because I used to go to some raves back in the day in Lisbon, in, in some warehouses in Lisbon, but all these are mostly gone. At least I don't have, I don't know of more raves happening. I imagine that there is some, but a lot of them have stopped or a lot of these spaces have been like transformed. Even like when we were going to do one, yeah, I used, I maybe uh, Violet knows uh, better than I. I haven't been following, but yeah, I used to go. I, yeah, but I, we don't know of any other raves that are happening at the moment. But I remember I used to go to some. Uh, next to the river, there's a lot of warehouses. Uh, I think it's a harbor city. So you would expect that there would be a lot of uh, abandoned spaces or empty spaces that could be used for raves. And back in the days, there were, there were some. But at this point, like all places are being taken. Um, and even like for our collaboration with uh, Resident Advisor, we were going to use uh, an old factory next to the river, and just very last minute the venue got demolished, like three days before the event. <laughs> yeah, this really turned. It, it really makes things difficult for anyone trying to organize events in Lisbon. And I guess like for us, it's been always very important to. We've been managing and we've been surviving and somehow we've managed to find venues here and there. But we, we definitely feel um, the, how, how the difficulties are increasing when it comes to finding venues. But it's, uh, and I think this is also something that has shaped uh, a lot of our voice, that it's not only like a party that happens, but also a party that is um, sensitive to all these urban urgencies and not only queer uh, queer politics but also uh, engage with urban politics and to to make ourselves to be heard but when we started there was like nothing else we could really hold on to now maybe there are other kind of micro <laughs> micro communities that have you to look up to but in terms of when when you guys started you really had to trailblaze your way yeah this made things difficult in one way because we definitely had to trial uh, a lot and see what worked. But on the other hand, people were people were starving. You know, yeah. were starting to have fun. Yeah, to have fun that made sense for them, and that's why Nina was so well uh, received because there was definitely nothing in, in the landscape, uh, the raving landscape of Houston.
I know you've been working on the MENA agency, is that correct? Uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't call it an agency, but it's sort of together with Blade, that is one of the residents uh, from MENA. We thought it would be nice to have a website. It was like a basic thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and we realized, okay, what if we actually push this website to become sort of a promoting platform for the artists that we're working, not only in the party, uh, not only in Mina, but also all these people that we've been meeting along the years that we've been working in this. And we wanted to create a platform that would allow, uh, that would promote the, the work of these people as well. So yeah, suspension was sort of born. It's still very fresh. And the idea is to serve as a platform form of promotion of the of Mina, of some artists, and then to become a label to start releasing. But also because gatherings um, that were not just Mina, because Mina is definitely a moment where all these people join and celebrate, but they're not necessarily all encompassing or it doesn't really like allow for certain debates to be had. And we wanted Mina to be a started to start this series of events and suspension will also be a support for that to create these events that happen in galleries and other venues i mean there's nothing that we have that's set in stone but we like as a general desire we'd like to keep collaborating with other like-minded collectives and doing parties not only in lisbon but in other cities like we yeah. did for example the room for resistance we went to berlin and then we're bringing them also, I don't know, it's too early to mention, but I don't think so. We're going to start, we started this mixed series of Mina with guests and it's going to exactly. be a radio show as well. So each uh, of the residents takes turn and every month brings a special guest.
in MENA that are not DJs or producers, visual artists, performers, artists. makeup artists, exactly, <laughs> uh, showcases um, in other venues, but these showcases won't be just with us, some of our values. So if we we're going to do a showcase somewhere, we try to push uh, for certain policies, such as like, yeah, to have in our in, to have a door policy, a door selection, or to push for non-gender toilets, or uh, always, if it's possible, to have condoms and lube, and we will have also information um, around the party. Yeah, we want to kind of like bring with us not only like the artists around to show the artists around, but also to to spread a certain movement. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it sounds yeah. incredible. Anything else you feel like sharing or? I guess I was just we've been actually <laughs> congratulated by a lot of people, and that feels very good to understand that what we're doing and all this work has like compensated. But it's also, for us, it's also important like to highlight how difficult it still is. It's like a very precarious place to work. It is very good to work with the people in Lisbon. I mean, we have an amazing crowd and an amazing team. But sometimes, especially for me, like looking from this side, I wish there were like better conditions for all these people to develop as artists or... So there's still a lot to do. I mean, like we're definitely trying to fight for our, for our rights, and and maybe the next steps will be like to help these people to find grants and and find ways of of living. It's not that everyone can live fully on being a DJ or a producer or a promoter. We're always on the lookout to like mentor people and help in whichever way we can, not only through like the events and through the talks and the workshops, but like people were saying, helping find solutions, like practical solutions for life. This is something that's really important. In that sense, that that's really like, I guess like, I feel like one of our biggest victories was definitely to gather a bunch of people that became a community. And a lot of these people tell us like, I wasn't going out, I wasn't really leaving the house, and all of a sudden there's a, a group of people that they meet regularly, even outside of the parties, even outside our events. And yeah, they we have don't know shared... many of them, you know? <laughs> exactly. I, like, I get stopped at the party by people I don't know, like thanking me and thanking Pedro and thanking the whole community for like everything that we've done for them, and we're like, I love you, like, I don't even know you, but I like affected some change in your life and this like in the last party it happened like five times with people I like <laughs> I did not know. It feels almost like unreal that people tell us, Oh my god, thank you, this party saved our lives and it's incredible. Us, we're so we're so lucky because we we see it from the within, you know, like we we get to go and we get in, we are in touch with a lot of these communities. But for a lot of people in Lisbon this is one of the very few moments certain things are possible and this and this bleeds into their daily lives and that's what matters you know when our venue got demolished we we ended up like all partying together in a park you know? yes it's like all of a sudden we were all together still there and all of a sudden you were surrounded and it feels like it's it's a really extended family that was yeah. created you feel like you're part of something and it's you're part of something exactly. that's making a difference. What does Mina mean? It means a lot of things. <laughs> it's um, Mina, it's slang for girl in Brazilian, but it, it is also like a mine, as in like a gold mine, a, a dark mine with gem. It is also like a bomb. And it's also, there's this expression when, when your drink is mixed with MDMA, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think it's only with MDMA. Um, exactly. Yeah, it's called it's mind. It's mind. The crystals, you know, from yeah. MDMA. Yeah. Remind you of crystals from the mind. From the mind, like, I see. They, they mind. Exactly. Oh. But at the same time, people say, uh, use this expression being like minado or minado, as it's like being in a really good mood and, and funny and 
you know, like you're completely out of your yeah. mind, but having a, a blast, a really good, positive time. This also sheds some light of the crystal of the logo, but also the fact that it's like, it has so many angles and, and uh, prismatic. It's like we were thinking what can represent a multifarious and tentacular party with so many different people and different sounds. Like we had like a prismatic gem coming from a dark cave.